So, yeah. welcome to the podcast. If you could just start off by telling us a little bit about your career so far. Cool. Um, so, I started Simmer, uh, which is a healthy meal delivery service, in my first year of uni. Um, I actually dropped out of uni before. I was at Warwick studying maths. Dropped out, went to Bristol, where I studied economics. That's where I started the business. Um, alongside university and running business, I did some internships. I worked in banking at Rothschild. Um, I worked at Google and then also did a full-time job there as well um, and was building business alongside this. The business was going really well, um, so I quit my job at Google and I've been working on it full-time since 2021, so over two years now. And uh, so your company now is Simmer. Yep. You could just explain exactly what yeah. your company so, does. So um, is a healthy meal delivery service. So we have a team of chefs, mission trained chefs, who prepare um, fresh, quality, flavoursome, uh, healthy dishes, high-protein, um, portion-controlled, nutrient-dense. Um, and we cook them um, by hand in Hitchin, uh, so handmade in Hitchin, which is where like, we grew up. Um, and then we uh, deliver them across the country. Uh, and the idea is you get a package of heated eat meals. Um, so your fridge is stocked up at the beginning of the week, and it means that you don't have to worry about going to the shops about if you, where you're getting your next meal from, um, whether it's going to be healthy or not, or whether it's going to taste good. Um, and it's just very convenient. Like you can put it in the microwave for three minutes, or you can put it in the oven, you can put it in the oven 20 minutes, but it just mm. removes the hassle from, uh, from food. Yeah, and what is it you think makes Simmer so special then? Because yeah. from the outside looking in, I think one thing you're very good at is your storytelling on social media. Mm-hmm. Like it's very engaging, very captivating. And obviously the food's got, the product's got to be good mm-hmm. for people to want to buy it. Um, which one do you think, I mean, or what do you think makes it so special then compared to the competitors? Um, well, product, firstly, flavour. Um, we're much bigger on flavour. That's obviously like part of the founding story as well, whereas a lot more of like the competitors would be more like functional, um, like their centre point is the health side of things only and, and like the convenience. Um, and I feel like it lacks flavour and like kind of, um, it's more like meal prep or ready meals, whereas we try not to, Cool, simple that, and it's more like kind of like handmade. It's it's made with love. It's it's from a family-owned business. It's we're like Michelin trained chefs, um, and at the end of the day, like we are people who want our food to be flavoursome. We are target customer as well. Um, so yeah, it's just about building a product that we really enjoy. Something that comes through the product side of things, and that's why um, people who are really taste conscious use our product. Um, and yeah, in terms of the brand, I think it's just like a very very strong brand, and I always say that we try to see ourselves as a as creators not a brand um and constantly trying to bang that into to jimmy that we always like we, we want like to not things not being like like the standard like of the industry and most brands is here mm-hmm. we're here but actually we need to be up here with where other creators are um so always just kind of like demanding more for ourselves and really trying to push and push and push um and not kind of settling for just like good yeah uh, and one thing that'll be particularly interesting to well, myself and the audience of this podcast is, as a young student at university, you, know, you obviously have your degree to do and look at traditional career paths and yeah. corporate routes. But you start this company while you're at university. How did you actually get that going? Like, because I know you, you basically just started giving your in, in halls, giving your food to your mates, yeah. and they liked it. But then, what's like the next steps after that? Um, so yeah, I, I started that, and after literally like. A couple of weeks, um, I was like, so I called my brother and I was like, oh, you should start this back in Hitchin um, with mum and uh, serving like non-students, actual like um, working people. And surely it should be easier because actually they've got more, they've got more disposable income. Um, and he initially was like, nah, I don't really want to do that. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to do it. So I started remotely um, the Hitchin branch and knowing that I 
get the orders, call them through to mum, she'd cook them and, and, and take them out. And then obviously Jay um, was going to help out and he did. And um, he's become a lot more involved in business now as well. Um, and very much is like co-founder now. Um, but when we started serving it to just normal working people, um, that's, yeah, that, that was the next thing. So it was very early on. We just said straight away, let's, let's do that. Um, and then uh, when I finished, um, so only started business in January of first year. Um, so did it pretty much from January through to like May, June. And then um, summer holidays, I just literally just worked in business over the summer. So made my own kind of internship, working in business, serving um, non-students. Um, and then slowly kind of scaled up from there. Yeah, and you touched on it, but it's a family-run business. And yeah. I mean, me personally, I, I would not start a company yeah. with my brother. But yeah. um, obviously your dynamic is very special. Mm. And um, you two, what, what, first I want to know what makes you two so special mm. and, and, and your mum as well. Mm. And then also, at one point, it gets too big an operation mm. with just the three of you. How do you then start delegating responsibility when you know, it's always just been you three? Yeah, um, so first question is, what makes us so special? I, I don't know, it's just like, a, it just works. Um, I'm the youngest in, like, obviously, I'm dad, Jay and me, I'm the youngest, but in a weird way, I'm the kind of one in charge, in a way. Um, and I think it just kind of works where they're not like, oh, can't be in charge because the youngest. So they're just very, like, kind of, it just makes sense and we just, like, work very well as a, like, a family unit. Um, I think that initially, I kind of just dragged them along and I was like, we're going to do this, and they're like, sure, why not? Um, and then uh, over time, they've kind of really become like, uh, I think you get that kind of like bug when you're working on something like that. And I think they just naturally got that over time and now they really like enjoy it. And it's crazy to think how actually entrepreneur, like mom isn't as involved anymore. We kind of just like, you don't need to work anymore. She's like, oh, I want to do bits here and there. Mm -hmm. But um, it's funny to think like she never been to university, doesn't have A-level, just worked in the supermarket for the previous kind of 20 years plus before working on similar with us. And, um, but how actually entrepreneurial she is. She's like, oh, we should do this, we should do that. And it, most of it's quite, like, innocent. It's quite, like, funny. Um, but actually, was like, Jay, she's actually got some good ideas, which is quite nice as well. So I think she really enjoys that side of things. But it's just a, a nice dynamic. I think we are very close. I think we're just, like, kind of normal people. and It's quite relatable. Um, and it is very much this kind of, like, underdog story where whilst we are normal people, I think people, what people like is that it's relatable, but also actually, like, People like people who are, are good at things and they're trying to push themselves, but they don't have any like kind of real kind of like advantage or, or talent. Um, and I think like, oh, what we've done, like I bump into people all the time, like, oh, I love the stuff that you, do, that you post online or LinkedIn, it's really inspiring and that's really nice. And I think it's just because they feel like they want to do that one day that they feel like they can do that if, if I've done it, which is, which is nice. Um, yeah, I think it's just a, a nice underdog story. Yeah, and then from there, like growing out, how did that process work out? Um, so in terms of when I went back to my second year of uni, it was just still us three, I was back in Bristol doing it remotely. Um, and it, it, it wasn't a business really, it was a job um, with, with a bit more autonomy. Um, and uh, I was still just trying to do it myself. Um, I was like, we don't have money no to hire anyone anyway, so we can't really be hiring anyone. Um, but I kind of was just getting so like burnt out because I was just doing drug uni alongside this I think at the point where I was just like ah one of these kind of has to give and either like it's been a great run great experience with this business um, stop it there now like I said that I've built a business and it's, it's been fun uh, and just focus on get for uni internships crack on um, or I can take a year um, away from uni 
um, drop out again, um, work and focus on making the business self-sufficient. Um, so I did this weird kind of loophole thing where my university didn't offer placement year, my degree. Um, and also I was due to take my January exams. Whereas if I self-certified for my exams, if I'd, te- I'd taken them and hadn't done well, let's say I got a 40, 50 or whatever I got, right? Um, I couldn't then retake them and my, my grade would be capped at that level. Um, so what I realised if I can self-certify them, I would then carry on with the second term and make sure I just focus on, not just focus, but focus more on uni, um, do well in second term. And then when, it, when they give me my resits in January, so here are the exams, self-certify again, I would force like a, a supplementary year, which is typically where you fail. But my exams that they gave me, because I hadn't actually taken them, they'd be like uncapped. So they'd be like first attempts. Um, so that's what I did. And then like kind of forced that year. So I knew that during that year, I was still gonna have to do half a second year. Um, I was doing an internship in banking and wanted to work on this business. So it was a really crazy year. Yeah. I think in that 15 months, I did the internship in banking, internship at Google. I traveled, ran the business remotely. We, we went from selling a few hundred meals a week to thousands of meals a week. And um, yeah, really like built a proper, to be honest, I don't even feel like it's a proper business now, but um, yeah, I had built something that's more of a proper business where we had um, people working in the team. I could run it from anywhere in the world. Um, we were making good money. Um, yeah, so that's kind of how we got, got there in terms of who we hired initially. It was just um, contractors um, in the kitchen. That was a priority first because I was like, I don't want to be stuck in that kitchen. Um, and then um, towards the end of that year, uh, we got who is now our CTO, a developer in part-time as well. Um, so yeah, we, we eventually started bringing people on board where we saw that there was a need to do so. But for as much as possible, I tried to be very like self-sufficient um, and um, uh, resourceful and just learn to do most of the things myself. Yeah, and it's interesting that amongst all this business, you, you were still you know, delving into the corporate career. Mm-hmm. How do you reflect on that whole experience? Do you think that it like reinforced in your mind that I need to be doing things for myself, like running a business myself, or have you just taken learnings from it and you know you might go back into it who knows i definitely won't go back yeah, into it. Okay. um i think i've definitely taken learnings from it um 100 uh, i think yeah i think it's just a mindset thing as well like if i'm going to do anything even if like i don't know um you know, like whatever whatever you do i think you have to like if you're in that situation for whatever period of time it is you have to take all the learnings you can from it um, and you can't be in it thinking, oh, I don't want to be here. Like you've got to think, oh, well, I'm here for a certain amount of time until I've got my next thing. I need to like learn and take as much as I can from this uh, situation. So definitely there's so many things that I'm really glad I had those experiences 100% whilst I wouldn't go back to, to any corporate jobs. Um, like even before this, we went to the BBC and I saw the building, I was just like, oh, I'd hate to work in a, in a corporate market. Mm. Even like here when you go up the lift, I was just like, oh, I can't. I can't believe people work like this. And obviously most people work like this and it is a thing, but it's just like once you've kind of tasted the good life of, of your autonomy and like often I just work from my flat and I'm like, we do have an office, but sometimes I was like, Jimmy, let's work from my flat because it's just two of us. It's just, it's more comfortable. It's just, um, it doesn't feel like work. Mm. Um, and was that entrepreneurial desire there before you started cooking the meals at like, university? Yeah, yeah I, I definitely said I wanted to start my own business. I just didn't think it was possible so soon. I thought you had to go through uh, the corporate path. Um, and most of the time you do because you, very few people start a business at university that takes off and they just don't have to work, they don't have to work for a corporate ever again. Um, so yeah, I guess um, people talk a lot about luck and timing and stuff like that and 
a hundred percent. I think I think most people, even if they think they're unlucky, everyone has luck at some point in their life. There are mm. there are opportunities that present themselves that are, are lucky, um, but most people just don't take them because they think, oh, not now. Like now's not the right time, um, or it's a risk or whatever. Um, and I just thought I've always tried to. To, to, to knock on doors and, 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 and take opportunities and be proactive. Um, so yeah, I, I always wanted to start my business and I was just fortunate that I could do it so early and it's worked out. Yeah, and I guess a big lesson there is like just listening to yourself and, and maybe try not just to follow other people at university because obviously I, I went to UCL, you went to Bristol mm-hmm. and a lot, I mean, a lot of the people who go there, they just, they go into consulting mm-hmm. or banking or law because they think it's what they met, they're meant to do. And, they only then find out what they really like once they're in the job. Is there any kind of things that you wish at university you were like hearing more of, learning more about the careers and, and you know, preparing yourself for what has happened now? Um, me personally, no. Yeah. Um, if I was to advise someone who is at university, I think like the thing is even, I was speaking about this morning, it was like, um, was that one, what's one piece of advice that you'd give or like when times get tough in business, but I was just like, if it was easy, everyone would do it. And if there was some program at a university like, hey, everyone should be an entrepreneur, like not everyone should be an entrepreneur. Like it's, it's not for everyone. But if you are entrepreneurial and you want to do it, then like that's the whole point about being an entrepreneur. Like often the resources aren't put on the table, like aren't put on the plate for you. And you have to go out and like think about how you may like get the information that you need, how you might like get the, the knowledge. But like the, there's so many books on it, so many podcasts like this, do you know what I mean? Um, um, so many resources online, watching YouTube, just just starting by doing. Um, it, it's always nice to be learning, but I think, yeah, it probably needs to be a greater focus on execution than uh, learning because most students are just, all they're doing is, is theory and learning. Earlier when we spoke about the branding of your company mm. and how it's, it's very special and, and it stands out, you yourself also are very good at your personal branding, you know, whether it's LinkedIn or Instagram. And, mm. you know, it's interesting how business changed from, you know, back in the day, it wasn't really like LinkedIn wasn't as prominent and it takes off on Instagram. And now you kind of have to be the face of the brand. Like when they think of Simmer, they think of you mm-hmm. or your brother or your mum. Mm-hmm. How did you first start going about building your personal brand for, for younger people? So we built the business to over a million in revenue, um, in annual recurring revenue, with no paid marketing at all, um, slowly over time. And the way that we did that was organic social media. Now, I personally wasn't a social... Like, you get a lot of people who are influencer first, and they go into their business, and then obviously their business just flies because they're an influencer, if they're a good influencer, who has actual trust in their audience. I wasn't that at all. Um, but I was like, okay, I'm going to make this brand good by using social media because it's, it's free. The cost is time. Um, so what we did, we were just really scrappy with social media and trying to do everything we can. And I was testing lots of different things. Um, I did like a little, similar to this, not a podcast, obviously then, because not that many people had podcasts mm-hmm. at, at that time. Equipment was less accessible. Um, but I started a blog and I would interview interesting different people like in a similar way to this. Um, just lots of things I tried. Um, but the thing that kept on working was when we told the business story, maybe because I'm more passionate about it, people liked it. It's like, this is the content that we do really well. This is the content that gets us most reach, which carry on doing it. Um, so basically, like, just test lots of things. It worked, kept on doing it. And I think it, it worked because I enjoyed doing it. I enjoyed talking about entrepreneurship. Um, I enjoy talking about cinema and the business journey. Um, whilst, yes, we are a food business, and I love eating, I love food, and I'm really passionate about the product. 
the thing that I love most is actually the business story, the journey, the, what, what we do day to day, the, the growing of the, the startup. Um, and, and I think that's what, like, you, you look at our content, the, the worst performing content is the food content. The best performing content is, is the story. But yeah. people buy from people. Um, and also, like, most people, when they're marketing products, just ramming the product down your throat, so boring. Um, you see it as an ad, you swipe away from it. Um, yeah, we try and storytell as much as we can. Yeah, I think also another thing is that you're very authentic with the way you, know, you tell your story. You're not yeah. trying to be anyone else or say what you think yeah. people want to hear. I think, like, you know, AI and chat GPT mm. writing people's LinkedIn posts for them, like, you can tell that, you know, what you put mm. out there is yours. Mm. What do you think the future, like, like, why do you think it's so authentic, it's so important to be authentic in your business, in everything you yeah. do? Oh, for me, like, like I said, like, why would everyone go into corporate? Because I think you have to be someone else, you have to dress a certain way, you have to do certain things, you have to, like, speak to people in a certain way. And for me, I'm just like, I'm, like I said, um, great that I can just work from my flat I can wear whatever I want I can wear shorts I can wear sliders whatever I want to do right it's just it's just comfortable and it's just like I'm operating rationally how I naturally want to operate in order to maximize the objective or the outcome that I want which is the business to grow um, which is enjoyment from work so I'm just naturally doing what I want to do really which is I'm very fortunate that I'm in a position where I can do that and people see it as authentic um, and um, they, they buy into it and I think it's because Probably I'm, I'm just naturally someone who is motivated and wants to do things and wants to learn. And I think those are traits that people respect and buy into. And they're like, oh, that, those are good for traits for an entrepreneur. I like, if, obviously I'm authentic and I'm open, but if you are authentic and you're open and your traits are different, people might be like, mm, that's a bit off-putting. I'm fortunate that the traits that I'm authentic and open about are tra- also traits that people respect and buy into and trust. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, I, I'm sure you'll agree with this, but mm. one of the best things about starting something so young, like when you mm-hmm. did it, is you know, people talk about imposter syndrome and everything like that, but as a student, you're allowed to have a level of naivety, mm-hmm. like you're not expected to know all the answers, and you can kind of go into business or a podcast or any yeah. conversation, you know, holding your hands up saying, this, yeah. this isn't the best product, but I'm here to learn, and it's quite infectious, and I pe- think people enjoy it. What, yeah. what other benefits do you think of starting a business young is, or just start oh, doing sh- things young? Yeah, it's just... Um, Obviously, it's just that, as again, speaking about this so, so recently as well, um, when we spoke about, uh, I was speaking about mindset earlier and about how like being like confident or having a lot of self-belief and all this kind of stuff and, and someone asked, oh, is that something that you've developed over time? And I was just like, being honest, no, I think I've had that from a young age and that's obviously fortunate because obviously what, what people want to hear is that, oh, I wasn't very confident and I hit a certain age and like, it just it happens and, and like, it can happen, you can develop like confidence and change your mindset over time. But I think it's really important that from a young age, like, like people say the best time to it, plant a, a seed was 20 years ago, the second best time is today. Mm. And it's just like, you've just got to start where you are and just like have, have a shift. And, and again, sometimes I see that in people and like friends when I'm, or like if I'm trying to help someone, and I'm just like, really, I think if you're going on a certain path and you're like, you're not, you're way below where you want to get to and you just like where you want to get to is here and you're just like here you're never going to get there and like what you need is it like you need a shock you need to literally like change quickly and like there needs to be a bit of a, an abruptness because i think inflection points are really like important and meaningful and it's not like ah uh, you're going at this rate and over time it will like slowly go you need that bit of a shift you need that bit of an inflection point 
Um, so I think, yeah, when you're younger, it's easier to have those, those moments. It's easier to go to university and, 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 and decide to change because a lot of the time, um, you don't have responsibilities, you don't have the, the mortgage, the kids, the opportunity cost in terms of the salary, mm-hmm. uh, the sunk cost in careers or people. And you could just be like, you know what? I'm focusing on myself. I'm not worrying about what other people think or I don't have this, this manager or boss or parents because you're at university. So I think, yeah, the best time to start a business is absolutely first year of university. Yeah, and it's all about giving yourself a shot. Mm-hmm. Like, forgive me if I'm wrong, but it seems that you're always like almost... Maths seemed to be your thing from a very mm. young age. Like you were a maths tutor, you got like all A stars in your maths, mm. and, and then you went to the economics, and, and it mm. seems like that's like your comfort zone, like something that you mm. were always good at. And you could have just cruised through almost university and, and got your economics degree, but you you wanted to challenge yourself. Yeah, yeah, it's it's funny because actually now, like I like the thing growing up, I loved maths so much. I was doing it all the time. I thought I was going to be like um, working finance or someone who's like very quantitative um but just because i was good at something um doesn't mean that that's what you have to do mm. and i think um i probably listen to kind of more social norms and get a maths go into finance go and do this kind of that i really enjoy enjoy numbers still to this day and i think it's still very useful being like good at maths still there's so many benefits from it um but i don't want to be someone sitting behind a like an excel sheet analyzing numbers i'll do it when it need, when i need to do that and i have the ability to understand what those numbers mean but that's, yeah i don't think that's very enjoyable to be doing that all the time yeah and i thought it, it's again like yeah talking about when you're younger you know high performing at school mm. and and maybe it's your, your parents that have mm. instilled in you but one thing that i've struggled with and i think lockdown a lot of people have struggled with and you know just going to university is that loss of accountability and and how at school yeah. you had your parents, your teachers, just telling you, you know, get this done. You yeah. know, and then suddenly it's all got to come from yourself. Yeah. And yeah, and, and then obviously now you start a business. Like mm-hmm. nobody's going to do it for you. It's yeah. all got to come from you. Between your relationship with accountability is and, and how do you give it to yourself? Yeah, so that's a really interesting question because I literally thought about this quite a lot over the last couple of years. Um, but I have no accountability. I don't have any investors, any advisors. I'm the person in charge of the business. Um, yeah, I, I'm literally zero accountability, which can be a worrying thing, but but like I'm so motivated. And again, it comes back to growing up uh, and, and childhood. I know you spoke about like your, your accountability from your parents and teachers, but growing up, I didn't really have accountability from those people either because my parents were just like, anything that I was doing was just like way above expectations. Um, and I was kind of the one saying, no, I want to go and, and do this and revise or whatever or study. Um, and at school, like uh, my school wasn't a great school. So like, because I was so far ahead of a lot of students, I was like, oh, well, if there, it's the kind of school or place where like uh, you get like 99 tests and, and that's unbelievable. I'm like, no, that's, that's not good enough because that needs to be 100 or, or whatever it needs to be. And but that's always just like self-imposed. Um, and I'm very lucky that because I've done that for years and years and years growing up, that is my default. That is my habits. Mm. Those are my habits and, and, and my defaults um, that now at this age, like, it's kind of like that's my default and it drags me towards that which is great um had i grown up with um someone holding me accountable all the time and i've lost that external accountability i might struggle a lot more and even though i've had all of that internal accountability and motivation i'm still like saying ah it would be nice to have extra um accountability yeah yeah you you said you didn't take investment in your company Mm. i mean obviously it started off just in the kitchen by yourself but 
what, how come you've not taken that now? What's your thought process behind that? Just like, again, um, don't need to. And just try and get as far as I can without needing to do it. Um, again, like, we didn't do paid ads for the first, or any paid marketing for the first uh, five years of business. Got us over a million. Then we had a bit of stagnation, which might have been because of no paid marketing. It might have been cost of living crisis probably was the other biggest factor. But then I was also like, mm, it's probably a bit silly for us to not do this. As soon as we started doing it, we're absolutely flying. And I'm just like, but why we're flying is because we haven't started being reliant on it. We've built really great um, foundations in terms of our, our brand, our content capabilities. Um, and that's why we're now flying. I think people obviously want instant things. And I've always, something that I live by is always doing more with less. Um, and I think that will always put you in a very good position going forward. It might not give you the best results in the short term. Um, and, and now we're in a position where like, I'm sure lots of people, even though it's an environment where people aren't wanting to invest as much in business, people are a bit more skeptical. Mm-hmm. If, if, you, if people want to invest in any business, like most of our competitors have raised lots of money, we're actually, most of them aren't profitable. They're not growing as well. They've not done, like, imagine if this business had investment, it'd be such an attractive prospect, but we don't need it, kind of thing. Yeah, no, it's, it's an interesting one. Mm. I, I wonder, if you, you seem so, you know, like you're obviously so driven mm. and, and business focused, and you know, how do you separate yourself for your own mental health from mm-hmm. from that business side sometimes like you know especially working with your family like how do you, mm-hmm. you know how do you transition from like we're in work mode to we're chilling watching tv mode yeah well when we first started there'll be times where like we, we were sitting there watching tv and i was just like oh, we're not doing enough as a business like let's turn the tv off and like like even if it's at eight nine o'clock i'm just like well, i i'm gonna go and work and i knew that like me doing that and they'll probably feel guilty and be like oh, i need to go work or whatever and obviously it's not very nice but at the end of the day it's why we got to where we were um, none of our competitors are doing that. Very few businesses do that. That's why a few businesses mm. get to like a certain level without any investment. Um, moving out of home was, I think, it was very healthy. Um, and I still go back, go back home every, probably like three times a month, like every week slash every other week. Um, and when I go home, I love it. It's really nice to go home. Um, but I think, yeah, like for my own uh, growth and development, it's better to be in London. Um, and when I go back home, I'm like, wow, this is very slow. It's very um, sleepy kind of thing. But it's very calm and peaceful, uh, which is nice to go there. But I, I, I don't think I would want to live there again now. Yeah. Um, in terms of so the other question was how you separate. The, is that kind of answering your question? Yeah, yeah, I, it um, is. I guess it's also just generally you were talking about getting burnt out while mm-hmm. you're at university, just taking too much on. Yeah. Do you think you're getting better with that? And if so, what have you done to, you know? I think just... I'm just more efficient. Um, I'm still doing lots. Um, but one thing I really, really prioritise is sleep. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, I think last night I only slept for, like, seven hours. But that's, for me, that's bad. But obviously I know that that's actually not that bad. And there'll be other nights when I get eight, eight and a half or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I think it's just, like, prioritising sleep, prioritising health is really important. And, like, having your, your non-negotiables... Um, I mean, I did go out on Friday night and I slept like five hours actually. But then on Saturday, when I was out and had a party to go to, I had another friend's party that I was actually at. Then I was like, uh, at 10, I'm going to go back in because I could end up here to 2 a.m. and have another five hours of sleep. But I know Monday, I've got these two podcasts and I've got other stuff to do. Um, I am going to be very behind. And next week, I'll probably be quite anxious because I'll be like, oh, fuck, I shouldn't have done that. Mm. I'm, I'm so behind now. We're actually taking yourself out of that and be like, okay, cool. This was fun, like it's enjoyable to have this break, but I need to get back and I need to get a good, yeah. good night's sleep. 
Yeah, I, I imagine with, with, your, with your job now, yeah. uh, one part of it at least is deciding who you bring into the company. Like, like I imagine mm -hmm. you, you you have control over who you bring in, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. but for a young person looking to join Simmer yeah. or just any, any advice for young people, what yeah. stands out to you most? I imagine what you've said is, is having a drive, like being passionate is yeah. an important thing. But I, th I think, are you saying like for me, what do I look for in candidates? Yeah. yeah. Um, I would say initiative and like, you wouldn't believe like how rare it is. Like we've got a job live currently on LinkedIn, lots of applicants and like I actually had hundreds of applicants before I took the, the post down because I just couldn't have time to go oh. for them all. And I put it back up and I was like, out of like, I think at the moment it has like this existing one, has like 50 applicants. Only one person has done like a, a personalized like kind of like CV. Mm. And I was just like, it doesn't take a lot. It absolutely doesn't take a lot. It's just, yeah. Just tailor your approach a little bit. Um, it doesn't take a lot to research a company and show a bit of like um, enthusiasm, initiative. Like show that you've actually like you want to work for the company. Show that you've like um, done your research. Show that like you're going to be like talented or special. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it really doesn't take that much effort to do it, but you'd be surprised how few people do it. Um, so it's like when you're applying for jobs, like show why you're special. Don't be safe. Don't try and do the standard things. Like with the marketing role, uh, one of the questions I ask is, um, can you name some brands or creators that you like the content they're doing at the moment that you think someone can learn from? Uh, and again, I'm not saying other brands necessarily, it could be brands or creators. And I think so many of them have thought about the question before, seen that like it's content. And the amount of interviews where the person has said, Ryan and Duolingo, and I'm just like, you've all said the same thing. Yeah. And it's just like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. just like, ah, uh, okay. I'm waiting for someone to say something else. I'm waiting for someone to do something else. Um, and even on Friday, I was interviewing someone and she just sat there like this in the interview. I thought, ah, okay. Um, but yeah, it is, it's just, um, I don't know. Yeah, there's a, I do think there's a issue with like, I'm technically Gen Z, but like eight days. Um, but I do think there's an issue with like younger generations where they're just like, um, the older generations, the issue is being stuck in the ways and kind of being a bit too traditional, a bit too formal. The younger generations just, I think there's a lot of self-entitlement. Um, and like, if you're young and you want to go and start up, like appreciate what that startup can do for you and be like, obviously I'm not saying like you should be like, oh, I'm gonna work for this company for 30 years and they can treat me like shit and I just work really hard for them. That's not the case. You should be like, okay, cool. There's opportunity to learn lots here. If I really put in the work, I believe that I'll be rewarded and I'll kind of do it afterwards. But the amount of people I think these days who are like, well up front, you need to reward me for X, Y, and Z and then I'll come in and I'm actually I probably I'll work from home a certain amount of days a week. And when I work from home, I'll just chill out and, do you know what I mean? I'll, yeah. yeah. And, and maybe that's the kind of person you'd want for summer. But in terms of like actually what's on the CV, you know, yeah. say you're at school right now, you're about yeah. to go to university, you know, not to discredit spring spring weeks or yeah. you know, summer internships or consulting fellows, but those are like, they just show you're a competent person alongside yeah, your degree. Of course, like, yeah. what, what are some, you know, is it just like taking initiative like you said you wrote a blog like what do you think makes yeah, you actually yeah. stand out um i would say like also don't forget those things are actually really good things they do they show that you're credible that it's like oh well actually i'm now gonna if you've got like five cvs and the first thing always on cv is education they just like good you must be like okay cool first of all that person's jumped through some barriers like they've got through barriers there's a i'm gonna now like give that cv a bit more time um if they've got a good grades you can give that cv a bit more time even just the look and the presentation of the cv helps a lot but in terms of other things um i would say yeah just like obviously the person who's looking at your cv i'm not sure all the time but when i'm looking at a cv 
I know like your age. I know like your background. I'm not expecting like if someone's 18 or like 20 and, and they could be someone, right, for example, um, they could be someone for a marketing role. You don't have to have gone to university. There could be someone who's done history at Cambridge. And in fact, I did speak to someone the other week who'd done like a degree, an undergrad at Oxford and then a, a master's at Cambridge. I just didn't think that they were that good for the role. I think, especially for the marketing role, I think they'd be a bit too kind of academic, yeah. a bit too uh, rigid. Um, whereas it could be someone who is 20, has done an apprenticeship for two years, but they've got their own social media page. They've got their own blog. There's, a, there's attention to detail. Like if I send you a task to do and say, oh, here's a deadline and actually be like, okay, cool. And you send it three days early and with going above and beyond with an accompanying document with extra things, like, okay, cool. It's, it's really not that hard to... Impressive. Yeah, and we ask all our guests this mm. question: that What is your own personal definition of success? Because I think for you, it's interesting. You know, mm. like looking at when you first joined university, it might have just been like grades, 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 you know, mm. like get through the best in school, like. Yeah. And now you've got your own business, and and it's a different landscape. You're looking ahead towards like. Yeah. How has your definition of success changed? Like, what is it? Cool. Oh, it was right. I've taken that lunch. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think I wrote in a post somewhere or in a piece of content because I think it's just like a, a nice kind of soundbite. I don't agree with it. I wouldn't write anything that I don't agree with, but I put success is um, liking who you are, what you do and how you do it. I think that's a very nice definition because like, you think about it, like if you like who you are, what you do and how you do it, it's a pretty good life. Like you're pretty successful, I would say. So I think that's a really good definition. Um, I'm not sure if like if I actually had to stop and really think about it, that would be my answer. But I think that's a really good like kind of start point. Um, I think um, what does success mean now? I think for me personally, um, I think it always comes back to also like kind of your potential, fulfilling your potential. Like life is very short, um, and like, are you proud of of who you are and what you're doing? Um, do you think like you're like I think, I think that's quite an important thing. Are you yeah, proud of who you are and what you're doing mm. as well? Yeah, and I've not done this before on the podcast, and yeah, mm -hmm. given that it's the first new video on, mm -hmm. why not try something new? But there are the Diary of the CEO mm -hmm. um, conversation cards. You just pick, well, the top one, but okay. they're, they're cool. randomly shuffled. And yeah, yeah. To finish off the episode, just to give you an okay. answer to that question. What are you, so what are you clear about now that one year ago you didn't know? Um... Okay, hold my hair right now. One year I didn't know. Wow, because I was, I was speaking to my brother about this this weekend. One year ago, well, let's reflect on where I was a year ago. I was just like kind of, you know, graduating in 2020. I was only actually going for my graduation in 2022. Mm. A year ago, I was like, I remember being at my graduation and I stayed like a few nights in Bristol with my mates. And I remember like that one week, our sales like fell by like 30%. And I was just like, what am I doing? Like, could I be working on like a big. Like, can I be, should, should I be working at Google? Should I be working at another startup? What am I doing here? Yeah. Um, and now, this year, we're absolutely flying as a business. We've been flying for, for a while now. Um, and if someone, like, we set ambitious goals for this year, and we've way over exceeded these ambitious goals. And even this weekend, we're like, ah, oh, we're going to probably have some capacity issues where we can't, like, we need to do some stuff before we can fulfill, keep mm -hmm. scaling as we are. But then I just took a moment to think, isn't that a great problem to have? That our problem is now yeah. not that we're struggling as a business, but we have so many orders that we need to expand the capacity. And if someone had offered us this to us last year, we'd bit in the hand for it. Um, so, what are you clear about now that one year you didn't know? Um, I think 
on that actually like what we built is like a year ago i wasn't clear on like what we built is like a, this really special business i think you have those moments of doubt but what i'm clear about is like similar to an excellent business and uh it's, it's all gonna be okay and um it's gonna be great in fact um yeah i think that's the, the thing that sticks out in my head at the moment yeah it's a great note to end on thanks so much for coming on cool. today Simi. it's no a pleasure good having a good coming in and chatting to you